You're listening to DraftKings Network. Tonight on the Cooligans, we are talking about the North London Derby. What? Where's Obama Yang? Is he still on the way? Also, we're talking about Yunus Musa and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. What international squad are they going to be playing for? That's right. Plus, we're talking to Michael Parkers. You know him from our international squad. Plus, he played for so many MLS teams. And we ask him what Tata Martino was really like. That and more today on the Cooligans! Yo, it's me, Dave Vianich here, and I've been hanging out with the Cooligans, having a nice, and I hope you've been having a nice too. Yeah, baby! Arsenal! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Woo, 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 woo. Arsenio Hall, you know, I've seen watching the sequel to Coming to America. I'm still, I'm excited about it. All I right. haven't seen it yet. I got to see it. Our friends are in it. Shouts Our to friends Andrew are in Fowler. it. We have yeah. all, we've, it's crazy. How come we're not in it, Alexis? Well, apparently they, they thought it was the star power was too much. Is Eddie's first time back in a while. Let him have his moment. You know what I mean? Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Cooligans. My name is Christian Polanco. That's right. I'm Alexis Guerrero. All right. We are your favorite stand-up comedians that host the funniest soccer show that has mm-hmm. ever lived right here on mm-hmm. football sports network and much much like arteta when you show up late we're all sort of gulliest right? <laughs> yo okay I, I don't even care if i don't play all right <laughs> how much we paying you fam go get the car wrapped in a different glow in the dark color my g we don't need you right now oh <laughs> uh, man we're excited about today's show obviously we will be talking about the north london derby uh but we have an incredible guest uh today we're gonna be joined by michael parkhurst that you may remember him of uh, of the New England Revolution, of the Columbus Crew, and uh, and and the captain of Atlanta United, uh, and the as men's well. national team, and the men's <laughs> okay, the the resume. Only played in the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the the man has a resume. Uh, uh, he is retired now, and and now he is, uh, you know, he's talking to us, the the old old man. Uh, <laughs> clearly, just has nothing to do, so he agreed to come on our show. <laughs> Uh, no, absolutely thrilled uh, to have Michael Parkhurst on the show. Uh, we will be talking to him about a ton of stuff. Let's 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 start with uh, the North London Derby, Alexis Christian. Oh. What do you think of Tottenham? <laughs> I think they're an okay team. Oh, you know, they really on. tried you're their best. To say shit. Uh, <laughs> wait, is there a, is there a thing you're supposed to say? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Did you? <laughs> damn it! These damn Everton fans won't play along. Uh, look, I'm. I will. I will tell you this. I will not lie to you. Okay. When I found out Mikel Arteta told Obama Yang, you ain't starting because you late, part of me was like, yo, Obama Yang, shave your head and say you like a Zach. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm like, do whatever it takes. But I, I mean, I had no confidence, no confidence whatsoever. I just assumed Tottenham would be, they, they'd seem to be on like an upswing. So I was like, yo, this is their moment. But bruh, Lamella no. came in. He showed big, and then he showed you who he really is, <laughs> slapping mans around. Yeah, you yeah. Can't the, be Rabo- doing that. the Rabona was the fraud. The the, the, uh-huh. red, the red card was who. That's who we, we. You know when the coaches they they were who we thought they were. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. That was the man they told you to worry about. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? To not worry about. Yo, that's that's who that man is. The Rabona came out of nowhere. Even even Lamella was like, I can't believe I did. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and uh, I mean, and this is not the first time he's uh, he's 
Rabona uh, before. No, no he, uh, he does have that in his locker. He just refuses to not, you know, two-foot people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so strange because he, like, he's lost. You know, he's not really a starter anymore. Uh, he's a, I mean, a super sub if you want to, if you're basically, if you need a red card, the man, you bring him in, all right? Mm-hmm. He'll, get you, he'll get you those those. He cautions. understands the game. He's like, I don't want to be here for 90 minutes, all right? <laughs> Even if you make me a sub, I don't want to run around until the final whistle. <laughs> I'm going to find my way home. But also, shouts to Martin Odegaard. Man. Yeah. He's an Arsenal legend. All you got to do is score against Tottenham. <laughs> That's, That's it. Build it a statue. Uh, no, he played uh, He played great. Arsenal was great. They, uh, they were undoubtedly the better team. It, it got close at the end there. Oh, uh, it got tight. Harry Kane. But you know what's funny? Normally, it's Arsenal that gets these chances and doesn't find a way to... to like, everyone acts like Arsenal dodged a bullet. To some degree, if you're a Tottenham fan, you got to be looking at this like, yo, Harry Kane couldn't get it done. You know what I mean? Arsenal's like, oh, thank God he hit the post. He almost scored. His fans got to be like, why he hit the post? This is your thing. <laughs> you're but supposedly the best striker al- in the world. Also, has Harry Kane ever received a yellow card ever in the history of his career? What Bruh. was that tackle on he Gabriel? jumping <laughs> elbow. The man, where did he even find the top rope in, <laughs> on the soccer pitch? Bro, he's he, he's aggressive, dude. And I get you as a as a forward, you're trying to you know put, put pressure on on center backs here and there. But the dude, not only he does that, he he undercuts players that are going up for for, uh-huh. for aerial balls every time, every single time. Yo, it's Yo getting... he got real. He got real like boarding school energy don't he <laughs> don't he he got that like let my mom said i can win you know? <laughs> just like he, he just has the energy of like someone who just went to an all-boys school for his whole entire education uh-huh, <laughs> he just uh-huh. doesn't know any he doesn't know how to show any sensitivity towards other human beings none it's, he just wants to win at the end of the match he doesn't care who he kills on the way there because everything's gonna be fine his mom's gonna write him a letter that's kind of how it, i don't know if it's true i don't know anything about him but that's how it feels uh, yeah, absolutely uh, incredible from Arsenal. I thought they were the better team, and uh, you know the, the penalty from Lacazette was the was the difference. Uh, but but impressive game uh, overall for, and for oh, the look, Gunners. We won, which means we stay in tenth. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> happened in the table, but we're inching our way closer. I wanted to talk about uh, some international uh, soccer news uh, first. Let's ask you. Just mention Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, Coming back, going to be playing for Sweden. Got the call up, the young man. Look to at do that. what? To do what? <laughs> Be- chaperone the uh, the U18s? What's my man doing at 39 years old? Uh, look, he's look. He, he'll be out there uh, in his cane, uh, you know, with his cane, knocking in headers. He'll be fine. He'll, Yo, he'll him great. and that rascal scooter out on that bench, bro. <laughs> you just, you aim it right. You're going to see a nice header, bro. No, that'll be huge. You're going to be playing in the Euros. Uh, uh, so that'll be uh, big. He's for, named for... to the squad. I don't know if he's going to get a lot of time. Uh, the other thing I want to mention, we have, we have to talk about Eunice Moose. Uh, in U.S. men's national team news. This is wild because the man, uh, Yunus Musa, uh, had the opportunity. He could have played for England, Italy, Ghana, uh, or, Ghana uh, or the United States. Yeah. And he was, uh, if people do, uh, were not aware, he was born in, uh, in the United States. He was born, born in, in New York City, in, baby. In New York City. Uh, he was, uh, look, literally, 
uh, happened to be on New York soil when he was born. He was probably here for. I like- believe the term you were looking for there was lucky enough <laughs> to have been on New York soil. <laughs> um, and I think he was here for a total of twenty minutes. But that is a tried and true New Yorker. I'm we, a man. We embrace the him. <laughs> Put him in, bro. <laughs> but, but he chose to play for for the U.S., which is huge. A lot of people th- thought he was going to pick England. Uh, they, you know, he, he was in uh, U.S. Uh, MNT put out a video, did a promo video. Huge. This is a big, big decision. Then there was very clearly, you could see that there was very clearly a huge push to get him to sign. So thank you so much for picking the U.S. I Clearly, it gives him a better chance to be the striker, you know, over all these other countries. Because I think every other country, he would have been, you know, a little bit further down the list. Okay. I so mean, he's more of a midfielder. I don't think he's ever going to be a striker for the U.S. I, meant stri- I said striker, but yeah, I meant midfielder. It gives him a chance to be a starter was the word I was looking for, not yes, striker. Yes. But yeah, it clearly, I think he's clearly highly sought out by the men's national team. Burr Halter loves him. Put him in. Let him score. He's- and then he could be like, yo, I got it, my guy. Because <laughs> he's a real New Yorker. <laughs> Bacon, egg, and Jesus for everybody. All right. Uh, all right. So we, before we bring in uh, uh, Parky, uh, I do want to mention this thing. Uh, we have, uh, I have the, the hello and welcome uh, patch. Yeah, the patches uh, for uh, Daryl Grove. Uh, yes, RIP Daryl Grove. We mentioned this uh, a couple months ago. Uh, we finally received uh, the first round of proceeds that we were able to donate to his family. Uh, and we raised 6000 $500 just from uh, all of you picking up thank uh, you. these patches. So thank you so much to everyone. Uh, shout out to On the Volley Apparel for, for making these uh, uh, and getting it done. And shout out to uh, uh, Daryl's wife and, and Taylor and Rockwell. Everyone, everyone everybody. Go get them. They're still on onthevolleyapparel.com. We still have a couple more. All that money goes to his wife. When we come back, we got Michael Parker's. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I just want to break in with a word from one of our sponsors, us and you. And by you, I mean Gully Squad. What an absolutely incredible group of human beings. I've learned so much. It is so enriched my life to have this community of people. You guys are American soccer fans. You guys understand it. You know what we go through. And what better place for you guys to communicate than the Slack channel that we built for Gully Squad. And let me tell you something. I had no idea this many dope people loved American soccer. We have everything from a rate my pizza where I get to roast your pizza so you guys have pet communications, music. You guys do an MLS pick them when the season is going. You have a beer, wine, and liquor channel just to learn about different, uh, you know, different things to make you feel a little better at the end of the night. You got a coffee channel, which I learned how to make cold brew from that. I mean, if it wasn't for you guys, what would I be doing? Have a lower uh, heart rate? Maybe. But then I wouldn't have all this energy to do this commercial. So if you guys aren't a member of Gully Squad and you want to join, all you have to do is go to SoccerCooligans.com slash Gully Squad, SoccerCooligans.com slash Gully Squad, or just go to ShoutsToUs.com. Join now. Hi, baby, and we're back on the Cooligans Living Room FC, and Christian, our guest, is here. And what an esteemed guest. I mean, I looked up the list of awards this man has won. We're talking Defender of the Year, MLS Defender of the Year, MLS Rookie of the Year, MLS Fair Play Award winner, MLS Humanitarian of the Year Award. He, you know, the other players voted him the You Doing Too Much Award. You know, <laughs> like, calm down. <laughs> I mean, we're talking All-Star, MLS Cup, uh, Danish Cup, if I'm not mistaken, uh, mm. Men's Those National are Team, too. World uh. Cup. <laughs> How much... Well, how big is my man's trophy closet? <laughs> and this dude, if you don't know who we're talking about by now, I mean, this is this guy is absolutely incredible. We actually got a chance to meet him and talk to him. And the look he gave us is like, uh, why are you in this locker room for All-Star? I mean, it was absolutely incredible. Ladies and gentlemen. And also, by the way, 
a new a new professional team owner i mean <laughs> dude's too busy you know what I'm saying? exactly ladies and gentlemen unless you're driving put your hands together for the one the only he probably played for your favorite team michael <laughs> parkhurst everybody <laughs> mike what's up brother hey guys thanks for having me on yeah oh. <laughs> dude uh absolutely absolutely honored i mean look there there are uh the, you know the the longer we do this the the more we we get to meet and interact with uh people who are just i mean just quite frankly legends of the game you know just living legends that that contributed so much to american soccer and you are one of those uh people without a doubt and uh i i want to start very quickly alexis did mention uh you know a, a team owner now and um, you do have some big news uh can you please expand on that yeah just recently announced i've been in the talks for a while uh with usl and the ownership group there in, in rhode island so now i'm become co-founder of the new rhode island usl team uh, unnamed team as, as of now but uh beginning play in 2023 so super excited for that uh rhode island's my hometown so uh really excited to be a part of that project Okay. And you could even, since it's not been named, you could pick from one of the the multitude of team, a multitude of teams that you've played for, right? They could be like the the Rhode Island uh, Revolution or Rhode Island <laughs> Nordjylland, uh, <laughs> which I believe are the Wild Tigers. Not that you need to say wild; no one thinks of domesticated tigers when you say tigers. But I mean, there's so many of all the teams you played for, right? I mean, we met you when you were playing for the Atlanta for Atlanta United. When when you look back at your career. Uh, which which one stands out to you the most? I know that's probably difficult to answer, but which one do you, which one do you think like whoa? I actually did that. Uh, whew, that's a tough question. Um, man, when you say they whoa, I can't believe we did that. Uh, winning the Danish league title was a, a whoa. I can't believe we did that because it was honestly like a, a Leicester City type run. What we did in Denmark. Uh, being one of the smaller clubs and going against uh, a clubs like Copenhagen and Bromby that spent a, a lot more money. And that, that brought us to Champions League. Um, but that was a, a magical season. But when I look at it in an entirety thing, uh, the project in Atlanta, uh, going there to a, a, an expansion team and what that city created and that uh, organization created the three years I was there uh, is remarkable. Yeah, what one of the things that I uh I think you you maybe tweeted this out uh at the beginning of the lockdown cuz you had retired. And so uh, the beginning of the the 2020 season, uh you already retired play and I think you had tweeted something like I wish I wouldn't have retired so I would have been able to not play and still get paid. <laughs> <laughs> You retired too early, no? <laughs> uh, Was there any regret in leaving too early? Uh, none, honestly. <laughs> I'm messing around with that. But then later on in 2020, when I saw what these guys went through and like yeah. multiple preseasons and just the chaotic schedule and all the testing and... Uh, it was it was a drag on all of them for sure, and no part of me missed being part of that. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, could you imagine? Are you? I mean, you seem like the type of player who would actually do it. But if they had like the two a days, but from Zoom, I'd just film myself doing it once and then just play that. I would never do it. I would have tried to get away with everything if I'm home. Yeah, Gronkowski was said he was doing that, right? Wasn't he filming himself like? Doing multiple workouts and then oh, sending that. in the video. Hey, look that up. He said he did that about their off-season workouts, I think. Okay. That's amazing. Our producers yeah. are confirming that. That's great that me and Gronk 
same body type, same mind. <laughs> when, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, like, oh, I wish I would have played because you would have got paid for free. I read that um, when you were, I believe it was at Nordjylland. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I don't think I am. Whenever I see the A and the E merged, I think my computer's broken. Um, <laughs> they uh, Supposedly, you took less money to stay there for one more year, right? There were other teams that were offering more money. What are you doing? <laughs> you played in MLS in, in the beginning. What are you doing, dude? Get that guap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, but no, the allure of Champions League. We had just qualified for, actually, yeah. we hadn't qualified yet. We were, we were in position to win the league. And, you know, I knew that we had a, a really good team and a shot at winning the league title there in Denmark. And I'm so glad I stayed because that was amazing to to actually go out and win it. And then obviously play in Champions League the next year. I mean, not too many Americans can play, can say they played in group stage of Champions League. So, I mean, for sure, that was worth the, the money. What 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 are your favorite memories of uh, playing in that group stage uh, of of Champions League? Oh, you mean getting our butts kicked by uh, <laughs> Chelsea and Juventus? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, yeah. yeah. What was no, your favorite part of that? <laughs> uh, seriously. Um, you know, we took one point out of six games, uh, and we were in the toughest group, I think: Shakhtar, Chelsea, and Juve. Uh, and so we, yeah, we took a point against uh, against Juventus at home. And I actually was a team of the week uh, for Champions League that week, which is, uh, you know, incredible, yeah. crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, just hearing the Champions League music live, walking out to that is goosebumps. That's amazing. I didn't even know they played that in the stadium. I thought it was just for us. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you look at that, you mentioned the project in Atlanta, right? I mean, I I was I've I have a podcast on this television show, so I was very vocal about how I did not think Atlanta would come out for that. You know, they had just been a terrible fan base in almost every other sport. I didn't think it was going to work out well. I had no idea how it was going to be put together, and you guys just stormed when you came on. Those first two seasons were absolutely insane to watch. Not just the fans, the fan the fan base is incredible, and that's basically our second home down in Atlanta. But when you look at sort of being a part of that, what did that feel like? You know, walking out in when you finally got to the Mercedes Benz and you look around and the place is packed. Like that's what was, it had to be Champions League the last time you saw something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. Uh, honestly, I mean, I, I it's tough to describe because you know when I started in 2005, I mean, some of the MLS stadiums that we were playing in, you guys would know, like Arrowhead Stadium and and MetLife and you know, even the revolution stadium, to be honest. Um, and some of the others, you know, you're, you're looking around and, and there's a few thousand in a 70,000 seat stadium and it's, it's just not a, an awesome atmosphere. And then I finish up my career in the same league playing in a stadium where if we're playing on a Wednesday night, there's 45,000 people there and they're standing the whole time and they're loud and, you know, into the game. It's just crazy. It's remarkable how far MLS has come so quick. Yeah, it it I think it's amazing uh being uh, the you know the, the players the, the especially the veteran players that got to experience both, you know, that got to experience the lowest low and and the and the highest high. It's like there is there has to be something like when you when you're interacting with younger players you you have to come off as like you know back in my day you sound like <laughs> you know how no good way you got you young blood <laughs> for sure you hate to say that you know you don't know how lucky you have it all this stuff is such a sound like a you know, grumpy yeah, old guy I, 
Yeah, you're like, I'm still in my 30s. This is weird. Why do I sound like this? <laughs> Why am I pulling my pants up so far? <laughs> it really gets to guys when they tell them, hey, there are still guys currently playing. Like Wando probably is one of them that started by making like 15 grand a year, uh, which is insane with no health insurance. <laughs> well, that, Wanda, that actually gets the guys. I mean, well, also Wando's indestructible. He doesn't even need help yeah. insurance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, Every sure. time they go to inject him, the needle breaks. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Obamacare. No, thank you. I'll be fine. <laughs> we have to talk about, uh, and and I know you probably hate talking about this all the time, but we have, we haven't. I don't think we've spoken about this with any players we've had on the show. You play for the New England Revolution. The New England Revolution. Uh, uh, you know, w- you know, for lack of a better comparison, you know, be call- being called like the Buffalo Bills of, uh, <laughs> of of MLS because of in 2005, six and seven made it to three uh, straight MLS Cup finals, but unfortunately uh, did not uh, claim a-, a victory in either of the three. As one of the players who played on that squad, I know it was you know that MLS Cup final with Atlanta. I'm sure. Had a little bit of like, there's no way I'm losing this. Okay? Well, he played the whole one with his like <laughs> eyes covered mostly. You know? <laughs> He's like, not again. <laughs> but the the uh, playing on a team like that, a, a, a great team, especially uh, in that uh, era. Um, but to 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 come up short like that three times in a row, what did that do for you as a, as a player? Just I, I, even as a person on your psyche uh, to, to get, get so close, but not uh, complete the job. Yeah, that was, that was devastating every time. Uh, it, it was worse and worse compounded uh, each year. And it was probably even tougher on the older guys, you know, cause they, they were probably saying, man, if, how many more chances are we going to get? You know, I was just yeah. starting out my career. Um, you know, but still, yeah, and you have nightmares about those games for a long, long time. You know, you remember, you know, memories from those games. And, you know, thankfully I got one at the end. Uh, if I didn't get one in MLS Cup, that is, uh, those memories I think would be a little bit more vivid. So thankfully I did get one. But, yeah, that was that was tough. And I don't, we didn't really even talk about it that much in the locker room. I don't remember because we had such a good team. We were just expecting to get back to it the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really were. That's got to be, it's got to, when you look back, you got to think, you know, that you did get that one, because if not, you're like, is it me? You know, like, <laughs> or, but you were so early in your career, you were probably like, yo, you adults suck. Like, I'm going to have a long career. You guys need to get your shit straight, dude. <laughs> yeah. And then I lost one with Columbus. And then I start looking in the mirror. like, Man, <laughs> You start sending apology letters to them. Like, no, it turns out it was this guy. Uh, what was the move? Because in an era where it wasn't wildly common, even though some of those guys from uh, the revolution certainly did, you got a chance to uh, go play in Europe. What was that move like for you? You know, uh, coming from Rhode Island, you know, if some people say, seem to think it looks a little European, you know, maybe it's a little different when you get there. Uh, what was that like? What was that transfer like? How did you find out that it was going to potentially happen? Or was that a goal of yours from the uh, off the rip? Yeah, it was a goal of mine. Things were just changing in New England. Um, you know, the time had come and gone. Um, the organization was just not in a great spot and, and going the wrong way. And I wanted to go try something new. Uh, I was up for a new challenge. And I, I was thinking I was 25 at the time or 24, turning 25. And I thought, man, if I sign another four-year contract, that's it. I, I finished my career in MLS, uh, which would have been fine. Um, but I felt like it would have been coasting a little bit. And uh, I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to see if 
I could make it over in Europe. And, um, you know, honestly, I, I was hoping to go to a bigger league, a, a better club at the time. Um, but it's it was difficult for a, a young American. You know, MLS is slowly garnering uh, that respect. But uh, back then, it, it wasn't to be found. So, you know, I had to go to a, a small team in Denmark. But uh, it, it was an awesome move. I lived in Copenhagen for four years. Um, I, both my kids were born there. I loved the experience. And uh, our, our team was uh, not too shabby once after the first couple of years. Yeah, I, I'm always fascinated by the um, not only those, those uh, American players transferring over uh, to Europe, but we hear some like uh, horror stories and not even necessarily with just like playing, just either living there or like, it, it, you know, uh, uh, either not knowing the language or just the, the straight up disrespect of the American <laughs> player. Right. <laughs> They're just like they just can't comprehend. Like, how do you have the accent and actually know how to, you know, win a 50 50 challenge? The, this got to be a yellow card. You heard <laughs> how he speaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, 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 was that were, were those some of the challenges to just, uh, you know, earning the respect of uh, of the your, your teammates and, and just players in the league yeah i think fortunately i i went to denmark i think the danish people in general are, are super friendly they are yeah. just really nice people and they all speak fantastic english so that really wasn't a problem of course they're speaking danish in the locker room to each other and so you feel you know a little bit of an outcast in the beginning but um they were really cool about speaking english and, and eventually as the team grew and uh, got more foreign uh eventually all the meetings were in english just because it was just it was more productive and faster. The Danish guys didn't care. Uh, you know, their English was so good. But I could see what you're saying about guys living in Europe and going to like small towns. I mean, us as Americans, you know, you can't imagine going to a city where legit all there is is a grocery store. And there's just <laughs> nothing. There's no entertainment. There's no like bars and restaurants and malls and, you know, all these things. It's literally just basics um within distance and thankfully i was in copenhagen so you know it's a very modern city but there were definitely guys playing in denmark americans chris rolf um you know that's just weren't small little towns <laughs> uh, and that would be really that. challenging i can't imagine i mean you seem like you have a really good demeanor like if i'm in a locker room and everyone's speaking like you know Danish, I'd be like, which one am I, Flurgen? You know, what are you saying about me? You know? <laughs> am I, am I uh, on the Flurgen? You, you think I don't know what that means, my dude? <laughs> but, uh, I, and it, it, that actually also makes me think about, like, uh, Atlanta United and how the... Um, and Everyone's like, speaking coach, Spanish. Everyone's speaking locker. Spanish, right? Tata Martino. What, what was now? You had to. You were obviously mm -hmm. in America, and now you're like, all right. Well, I gotta, I gotta learn the language. If I, <laughs> you're walking around with mate just to get <laughs> get along with everyone. <laughs> Man, the crap I would have gotten if I was drinking mate <laughs> from the other Americans in the locker room. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, but you're right. I mean, we were the foreigners, honestly, in, in, within that locker room. Uh, it was on us to adapt to the South American style, both mm -hmm. on the field, off the field, in the locker room with the coaching staff. Everything was in Spanish. Uh, all the all the meetings, everything out on the field. You know, we were the ones getting translated for, uh, and and just the environment within the locker room uh, was very Latin, and uh, it probably led to our success early on because we as English speaking players, not just Americans, but, you know, some English guys and, and, you know, other countries, but, uh, it was easier for us to adapt to them, right? We were in our home country and yeah. 
you know, for those guys, it was very, an easier transition for them coming into a locker room where, Hey, shoot, I don't have to learn English. You know, I've got like half the locker room speaking Spanish. This is kind of cool, you know? So I think in, in, in a certain way, it helped us have success quicker because those guys felt more comfortable. There, I look, everyone, both coaches are no longer in the league. So maybe you could talk about it. Maybe you can't, but there was all these rumors that uh, some of the South American players wanted to leave when Frank de Boer came in because he changed the atmosphere and the atmosphere was thought that was like very South American. And look, we're both Latinos, so we get it. When we say the meeting starts at noon, get here at least by one, right? <laughs> Vibes is more important than the time. Is that is there is there some truth to that? Oh, you're so right. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it was like the first week of training, and like you know, it's like 20, ten o'clock, and you know, all the English guys were out there like nine fifty, you know, like ready to go. It's like nine fifty nine, and like none of them are out there, and we're like, guys, what the heck is going on? Tata comes strolling out at like ten o one. Here comes Vijalba at like ten o three, and we're looking at each other like, what the heck? It's just different, man. It, it is. But then you get Frank in there. And it goes back to like the European way yeah. and, you know, it's so different. And it was, it was now their time to adapt to a different, and it was tough for them because they were so used to Tata and, and how things had been. Yeah, yeah. yeah but they uh, won. So you kind of forgive it, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, sure. without a doubt, the, you know, who knows exactly, you know, specifically what contributed to the, the success, but the, the chemistry, the, 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 I mean, the entertainment. Look, I, we're NYCFC fans. We watch, especially those, those matches between Atlanta United and NYCFC. Uh, there, <laughs> there was a, I wouldn't call it a rivalry per se, but there was something that this, maybe Tata and Vieira tactical battle that, that where nobody wanted to 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 get like outdone in those matches oh for sure i mean it's because nyc under Vieira played some of the best soccer in the league and you know we always wanted to play out of the back they wanted to play out of the back and it was like you know just whose style is going to take over who's going to will their way to to dominate the game you know atlanta united those first two years we didn't just want to win we wanted to go out there and dominate teams we wanted to like crush them and you know bury them and new york city was tough for us to do that because you know they were so confident playing out of the back and breaking our press and 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 david v is one of the best signings in mls history that guy was so good uh so yeah those, those were fun games uh i do not miss playing at yankee stadium that's for sure <laughs> if only if only nice would have tried to sign uh tata martino midseason instead of us <laughs> uh, and speaking of uh your time with american soccer you actually got a chance to play for the men's national team i believe your first call up was in 2007 uh, what, what led to that? Did you know it was coming? Cause obviously you had, you were, you know, very, uh, very uh, beloved. I don't know if that's the right word, but you were, uh, looked at as a very good player, even very early on in your career. How did that, how did that come about? And what was that like when you got that call? Yeah. Out of the blue, actually. Um, you know, the, the woman who was in charge of, uh, administrative things for the national team had just, uh, called me and, uh, said that, uh, I'd be on the preliminary roster for the gold upcoming gold cup. And, uh, yeah, I was shocked. I didn't, didn't wasn't expecting it. Didn't, I don't even know if I knew there was a gold cup going on that summer. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that was awesome. Uh, it was obviously fantastic to play for the national team and get that first call up and, uh, you know, put that jersey on. So that's that's a, a memory for sure. 
I want to just uh, address this uh, very quickly. So we have uh, we have a bunch of questions from fans. We have uh, uh, you know you, you know soccer teams have supporters group. We have our own supporters group. That we, they're called the Gully Squad. And we had a question from uh, a diehard. Uh, uh, well, this is from Nick Synth. He had asked about the, uh, about your U.S. Men's National Team career. He He's clearly a fan because it's such a specific question to you. Yeah. He said. Uh, uh, Michael Parkhurst uh, jerseys for the U.S. men's national team, and he showed he linked two pictures here uh, that you can't see. But he says they always seem to be two sizes too big. <laughs> I've seen a couple of these pictures of him throughout the year, so I'm curious if, if that's your style or, uh, or and preference, or is the kit man was just messing with you? Is this a, a real thing? Because I'm looking at these photos, and they're they're much bigger on you. Yeah, they look like uh, you look you like know. you're wearing my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> is that I think a thing? It's- I think it's twofold. I think one was, yeah, I think back, back in the day, uh, you know, times have changed big time. Right. Okay. And so I think it was a little bit more hip to, to wear stuff that was a little looser. So that was probably one thing. But then the second was my whole career. I wore a shoulder brace, uh, underneath my Jersey because I dislocated my shoulder in college and then did it again uh, with the revs. And so I had shoulder issues my whole career. So I always wore a shoulder brace and I didn't love like it showing or people knowing ah. or anything like that. And, and plus it was just a little bulky underneath. So I had to have a little bit bigger of a jersey as well. You do okay. low-key look like you're wearing a bulletproof vest. And I'm like, what is this? Is he worried about something? <laughs> <laughs> At least that explains it. You can see the bump. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. No, not, and now I think about that. Yeah, because I remember uh, you had a, a shoulder injury in Atlanta as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't realize it was uh, th- that that consistent and stuff like that. Uh, but the, but the uh, fans are noticing, which is yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. odd, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. They're even worried worrying about, about my... your shirt sizes. He is worried about my style. Because yeah. <laughs> I thought, I thought, you know, Michael Parkers was just wearing like baggy, like Carl Kanai jeans and everything, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that was just your stilo, all right? Yeah. What's with the What's with the wallabies and the tins you wore out on the field, Michael Parkers? <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask: when you play for the men's national team, it's got to be different. Then, then I mean, compare it to your time in Europe, because I think the fans always assume, always assume that like the European clubs, like they're more regimented and they're more structured than MLS clubs and MLS clubs are like a bit more bedlam when it comes to training and stuff. And I know that's not necessarily the case anymore, but I think that's kind of how people perceive it. What was your time with the men's national team like? And do you think that helped you at all in your career? Oh, definitely. Uh, to your first part, I think it's 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 really club to club, coach to coach, uh, as far as organization and training and uh, professionalism and that type of stuff. Um, you know, I the biggest thing about playing with the national team is this training every day with the best players in the country. Um, you know, for one for confidence, but two, obviously, you're just getting better quicker. Uh, you're seeing things out on the training field, and you're going up against guys that are testing you every day. Um, you know, but the coaching staff is, is much different. You know, it was from Bob to Jurgen. Um, I heard about trainings with Bruce. Um, you know, it's, it's just so different. And some coaches that I had, you know, take Greg to Jurgen, uh, Burhalter, that is. Um, Burhalter is just so tactically in tuned and everything has to be regimented this way and that way and how on the field and Jurgen was more like, all right, guys, let's, uh, let's go out there and play. And, you know, <laughs> it's just different. 
It's like, am yeah. I in goal? He didn't say anything, you know? Yeah. Um, wait, you're from, you're from uh, Rhode Island. So you were probably familiar with Bob Bradley. And we've joked about this with players before who played for Bob Bradley now or in the past. But, you know, I'm born and raised in Newark, New Jersey. We, when we talk, even when we're happy, it sounds intense. It sounds like we're mad at the person. You're like, why are you yelling? I'm not yelling. I'm talking. Now I'm yelling. You know, it's like because you brought up yelling. Like, were you familiar when you, when you played for Bob Bradley? Like, was that just old hat for you having grown up in, in Providence? a little bit but he was he was intense i mean and i was in my at, at a young age i was playing for a head coach and stevie nickel and paul mariner that these guys were just out there having fun yeah. i mean talk about the ultimate players coaches these guys were legends i mean we yeah. worked hard on the field and then it was like why aren't you guys going to have a beer why aren't you going to have a good yeah, time that's like, that liverpool energy that you yeah oh i mean we did we did pre-seasons in costa rica and cancun i mean we showed up getting a bracelet um for food Just and drinks in cancun partying with ted cruz yeah and it was like hey where when and where are the team meals and they were like it's open far, bar and food just eat what you want um, you know so going from that to to bob bradley with national team camp i thought man this guy is like Whew, he's intense. He's As you lot. go to squeeze the ketchup on your French fries, he just peers up behind you. He's like, "You gonna put ketchup on your fries? Is that what you're you gonna have, do? You having fries? Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, okay. you know why they call them that? It's because they're fried. You sure you want to do that? <laughs> like, exactly. All right, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. <laughs> Steam broccoli for me and my friends, I guess. You know. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't know any better as a pro, but you know, looking back, you know. Yeah, you probably more tend to want to play for a coach like Bob and and Greg, guys that are more regimented and uh, care about all the details than the coaches that are kind of just like, hey, go out there and and do your thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it makes me think like, I mean, with no disrespect to Stevie Nichol, a legend in the game, but like could could a coach with the coaching style of Stevie Nichol coach in MLS now with with all yes if he had 11 Vijalbas (laughs) (laughs) that's a really good question though and and it's a tough one because uh there's definitely something to be said for a motivated player a confident player and a group that's in a good vibe and having fun and enjoying life and soccer right I mean Ted Lasso obviously is uh, an amazing show first of all and fictional but some of it is there's truth to some of it as far as motivating players <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and Stevie was just motivational in that like hey you want to work hard for this guy because he's such a good guy and he lets us ha- enjoy ourselves uh, so there's definitely something to be said for that but I will also say that in four years we never watched video or had a weightlifting session so <laughs> you actually think like in the scene in Ted Lasso where he's bringing out cake and music and dancing after a loss you actually think that would inspire players to do better no, that's probably a bit, a bit <laughs> far stretched. <laughs> Maybe the cake, but not the music. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, just uh, you know, just cry over the cake, it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but that definitely was not far off from Stevie. You know, he, okay. was, he was upset for a few minutes, and I was like, "All right, let's let's find a bar." Nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we have some questions from fans from uh, Gully Squad, our supporters group. Uh, some really great questions, uh, and I want to start uh, with this one. This one is this is just a comment. This is from Luru McCoy. He just says, "No questions, but it is really awesome to see you continue to be hype about Atlanta United, which is uh, which is great to see." <laughs> uh, but uh, we had a good question from Justin Friedberg. He asked, uh, "Who who is the best center back partner?" that you've had in your MLS career? Ooh, 
Really good question. Um, I'd say that uh, it's hard to answer without hurting people's feelings. What are the, some <laughs> of the names coming through your mind right now? Because obviously, you play with so many great uh, yeah, partnerships. I think there's three coming to mind, excluding national team. I think there's three coming to mind. Gonzalez Perez for Atlanta United. Um, and then, oh God, I'm blanking on his name right now. But uh, I played with him in Columbus. And then he went to Italy and came back and went to L.A. Giancarlo Gonzalez okay. is his name. Uh, Costa Rican. He was very good. Um, I really enjoyed playing with him. Um, but I think the most talented of all of them is probably Miles Robinson. Okay. What is it? What does it mean for? Because people talk about center back partnerships, and I feel like fans don't really understand. From what I understand, being an Arsenal fan, is that sometimes it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> I, and I think one of the reasons why is they always talk about like you can't have one that roams, and both the cam roam. One has to stay home. What is that conversation like? What's the communication like during a match where you're sort of guiding and directing that? And you know, how would you view yourself as a center back? You know, were you a bit more of a risk taker? Or do you think you were the one who had to hold down the fort? Yeah, I was holding down the fort. Uh, Gonzalez Perez was the risk taker. He was the guy dribbling out of the back. He was the one going into midfield sometimes. Yeah, he was the one. Get- he was he was in front of the other goal. You're like, what are you doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But we complimented each other well. You know, I was obviously a little bit more using my brain. He was the physical force putting yeah. fear into uh, attackers. Um, you know, so playing with somebody like that was important for me, right? I'm not the biggest guy. I'm not going to physically intimidate guys. I don't even try. Um, you know, and I, and I didn't get forward a ton. Uh, that was from Stevie nickel. It was like, Hey, do not cross half line. Uh, so that <laughs> you know st- who you are. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuck with me. So I was definitely not a risk taker, but that partnership's important. Yeah. You need to have a good understanding of the guy next to you and how they like to play and what they like to do in certain situations. It's, it's definitely beneficial. You say you didn't go forward, but in, in Europe, uh, you played right back sometimes, right? Yeah, almost yeah. for half a season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, for uh, for a year and a half, two years. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, probably probably two years. Um, and then even probably my best success with the national team under Jurgen, I was playing outside back. Uh, yeah, when I was playing outside back, I loved to get forward. Uh, that was fun. That was the fun part of playing outside back. Uh, a little bit more running, but at least I got to go forward and enjoy yeah. that. I would yeah. never go forward because then you have to go back. It's just, this is too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that that was also one of the things that was, it was fun watching you play. And actually when we first met you, the, the, and this happens, I think for us, you know, we, we've only really been meeting soccer players for like the last like four years. But when we met many of them, we were like, all right, we're, we're like kind of the same height and build. I mean, what, when I hear center back, I don't, with all due respect, I don't think Michael Parker's, but when you're actually mm-hmm. playing, I'm like, yo, this dude uh, is never in a bad position. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it for me, right? I mean, you have to play up to your strengths and you have to take advantage of your strengths. And for me, that was not physical, right? <laughs> so that was mental for me. So it was, it was reading the game, being ahead of the forward, being in the right spots, positionally, uh, being aware, those types of things. Yeah. You know, I had to be smarter than the forward. Otherwise I was going to lose. Okay. <laughs> this question is from Thomas Thornton. He said, as a diehard uh, Atlanta United fan, and specifically a fan of Parkey, uh, a lot of us really want to hear the news that he'll be joining the front office side slash academy staff of Atlanta United. Any confirmation he can give towards this? <laughs> 
Well, I could say that I'm currently living in Ohio, so it's going to be a little tough, difficult. <laughs> All right, kids, gather around the Zoom. <laughs> Learn how to be a defender. Yeah. No, I mean, Atlanta and I will always hold a special place in my heart, and I want to stay connected with the club um, in some regard. But, uh, no, I'm not going to be coaching uh, full-time or anything like that or being part of the front office anytime soon. Uh, yeah, okay. what about with uh, the Rhode Island team? How do you see yourself getting involved? Because – as an owner and as a USL team, you probably have a lot to give, especially some of the younger players that are probably going to be coming through the system. Yeah, um, not a ton on the day-to-day, but I definitely want to be involved uh, as far as setting everything up and making sure everything's going to be run properly, the club's going to be in a good position, uh, you know, as far as coach and GM. I uh, want to assist on players and personnel and those types of things. Um, and obviously when I'm in town and, and could be around players or, or join things virtually or you know when i'm in town uh i'd love to but uh yeah not too much on the day-to-day okay uh we got a couple other questions let's see if we can get to both of these but this is from nick lejman he's uh he's a new york red bulls uh fan he asked why did he and Atlanta united need to be such rude hosts in game one of the 2018 conference (laughs) finals (laughs) man we had a good a good battle against the Red Bulls, man. They were they were probably one of our biggest rivals, you know, since we just beat up on Orlando and that wasn't much of a rival. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and those were intense matches between uh, yeah, the Yeah, I mean, it was just contrasting spot styles of play, right? You know, yeah. The Red Bulls wanted nothing of playing out of the back. They were so physical, so tough to play against their press. And, you know, we were like, all right, now we're going to play out of the back. I don't care about your press, you know, this and that. So it was just a battle of the wills. And, you know, it was, it was always intense matches. And, uh, yeah, we, we got fortunate in that game. Uh, you know, we, we played – probably lights out best game we probably ever played. And then, uh, you know, I think they made a couple mistakes, uh, tactically that helped us out. Okay. And uh, real quick, the last one, maybe you have a quick one, but Andrew Johnson, a huge Columbus crew fan wants to know what is your best Pippa story from your time at Columbus? Pippa or Pippa? <laughs> Pippa. Yeah, it's My Pippa. Bad. <laughs> I forget uh, that he's Argentinian. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pipa is a legend. I absolutely love Pipa. He is one of the best guys, uh, one of the best teammates I've ever had. And, uh, you know, he, he was captain when I arrived and, uh, Greg, Greg kind of made me captain when I came into the team and, uh, People couldn't have been a nicer guy about it because obviously he's a proud guy. He's Argentine, you know, got that blood in him. Um, but we we kicked it off from the beginning. Have a really good relationship. He's somebody st- I still uh, stay in contact with, and I'm glad he found a, a team to come back from that ACL. I knew he didn't want to retire like that. Um, you know, he's such a good dude. But we really enjoyed our time together. Um, I remember my very one of my first times around him. You know, his English was kind of hit or miss, especially my first year. And we were doing a jersey uh, unveil, and I told him to like get out there that they you need to you need to look around and turn and do this and that. And he was like, okay, okay. So we went down there and he did that. And I came, he came back, and I was just dying laughing. And he knew right away, like I just set him up on something. <laughs> uh, you know, I think. I think I gained his respect a little bit because, you know, maybe I underestimated like the Iguain name and maybe his pride and stuff, but he, you know, we became quick friends. That's awesome. (laughs) All right. We did it again. Another hot, 
Cooligans off the presses. Uh, Almost, we, it's too much, too hot. You know what I mean? <laughs> Michael Parker, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, seriously, it's been an absolute, absolute honor. Uh, is there Legend. anything uh, do you, that you want to uh, mention or plug before we sign off? Uh, one project that I've been working with uh, and on is uh, a technology platform called RippleWorks. Uh, I'm really excited about it. It's keeping me connected into the game. Uh, it's a performance-enhancing tool, and we're using it on uh, youth athletes all the way up to professional athletes. And I think it's going to be uh, a really engaging and uh, difference-making tool. So uh, RippleWorks.com, or you can check it out on my my social MF Parkhurst on at Twitter. Uh, and that and the and the Rhode Island project. Those are the two things I got going on right now, and I, I'm super pumped about. It's okay. cool you made your social motherfucking Parker. So like <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I like, I like the That's energy. Right. Okay, you know you're bringing that character. You know, what I mean? uh, amazing. All right, and uh, just a reminder to everybody else: make sure you follow us at Soccer Cooligans on all social platforms. Uh, follow us on Twitch; uh, we're on there uh, as well, doing some fun stuff, gaming and things like that. And uh, follow at Fubo Sports on all socials, and subscribe to the Fubo Sports YouTube channel for full episodes of the show. Uh, okay. Parky. Oh, I'm honored to say that. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, am I allowed to say that? That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, let's get your goal celebration, Jif. If, uh, I mean, obviously we have to set the scene. I mean, what's the, what's the scenario? Well, it's, uh, it's uh, this is the World Cup uh, group stage, and you just <laughs> scored the header against Mexico to get us into the knockout rounds. What is your goal celebration i think i'm going to the uh the boards uh, right right uh, at the end of the stadium and i'm standing up on the boards for a second or two until i lose my balance and uh just you know <laughs> giving it uh, you know one of these to the crowd oh one of the arms wide open joins oh, or you're giving okay. one of these it's one of the it's the it's the joseph martinez when the flames shoot out uh, exactly. celebration exactly <laughs> okay. without the flames shooting at me yes yeah he's he's never done that again he's like okay i learned my lesson i get it pyro we know <laughs> uh amazing uh michael parker's uh, absolutely honored uh you're again we're, we're huge fans uh thank you so much for for joining us i know a lot a bunch of especially Atlanta united fans will, will uh will have loved this uh conversation because uh you know we we get a lot of love from from there as well so uh let us so let us just end the show uh, the way we normally do, as is tradition. So, for Michael Parkhurst, my name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerreros. And together, what are we? The, the Cooligans! Cooligans!